just I do have a question for you though that's podcast related. Okay. If I'm putting you on the spot and you need to edit this, then oh well. Okay. It'll make for good content, maybe. Welcome in to another episode of Clearing the Board Podcast, presented by Nachos and Analysis. And I'm your host, Drew Archer. And I have to start off by apologizing. I am a week late with this episode. Um, We'll get more into it as this episode goes on, but it has been a a chaotic last three or four weeks. So, um, But nonetheless, we are back, and we are back for episode 30. Um, or excuse me, 31, episode 31. So, uh, before we get going with anything else, you know, the drill, we got to rep our brand. We got to hype up the local brewery that's been with us since the very beginning. And that's 13 stripes, uh, two great locations here in the upstate, the river lodge location with great views right there on the river. And then the Taylor's mill location, the original location, the one that started it all out in Taylor's Mill. So check out 13 Stripes. Once again, you know you've heard me say it a million times, the best beer in Greenville, um, best artwork, great food at the River Lodge location, all around good place to hang out. This summer, I will admit, I've spent a lot of money at 13 Stripes River Lodge location, hanging out with friends, drinking some beer, eating some food. Um, Chef Ricky's been putting out some great food over there as well. So um, check out 13 Stripes. Today's beer, um, it's one that I've uh, fallen in love with. I get it every time I have the ability to. Um, And that is the Future World 17. Future World 17. So um, you've heard me talk about this one before on the podcast. And we're bringing it back again just because it's such a good beer. So uh, check it out. Check out 13 Stripes. And here's that famous beer crack. (sighs) Always hits the spot. So, like I said, I had to start off by apologizing because... Um, I'm recording this at basically six o'clock on Thursday. Um, I plan to release this episode last Thursday at the scheduled time. And now here a week later on August 11th, just now at just about six o'clock recording this episode because it has been a chaotic time. Um, why you ask? Well, um, between work at the restaurant, between catering, and school getting back going, it's been uh, it's been chaotic. So I wrapped up the summer um, about four or five days ago with a trip that I originally had planned at the beginning of summer that got postponed due to COVID. Uh, for the first time last summer, I met this family that hired me to go on vacation with them and cook for them at this really cool fishing lodge in Franklin, North Carolina. And... Um, about half the family that were going to go tested positive for COVID back at the beginning of the summer when that was originally scheduled. Um, and it just so happened that the week that they rescheduled was my last week off of vacation. And yeah, so 
there was uh, no um, break from summer to the first day of school. And in fact, uh, the the last night, Sunday night, before I went back to school was a rather late one. Um, mentally, in, in my mind, it was still summer, so I may or may not have ended out at uh, the bar with some friends till we'll just say late, uh, only to get a few hours of sleep to have to go into work the next day. So roll right into that. And, um, at this point I've been working for the last eight days in a row. Um, still got two more days to go before I get a day off. So, um, it's been chaotic. It's been busy. Got a bunch of other catering things coming up. Um, in the next month that I've been working on and quoting and that kind of stuff. So that is an excuse, which I shouldn't be making, but that is the reason why this episode is a week late. Uh, it's also a reason that a week later, this episode is not dropping at midnight on Thursday morning or, um, but more like dinner time Thursday night. So I appreciate you giving a listen. Um, just want to start off by thank you for all our loyal listeners. I, even though I have not re- released an episode in about three weeks, um, you, the listeners, have reached out. I've heard from you. I appreciate you checking in and having the want for content. So um, we're going to get back onto our schedule um, and a new episode every two weeks from here on out. There's a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, If you remember last year, uh, I did an entire episode on Euphoria. Euphoria is coming up next month. I was looking at um, all the stuff on their website and the different events coming up. Um, And I'm excited. We're a month out and there's going to be a lot of great chefs coming into the city for the weekend to make a lot of cool food and um, looking forward to going back and and doing that again this year. So um, there's a lot happening there'll be plenty for us to talk about. Um, so yeah, before we go any further with the episode, we want to give an overview of what you are going to get in this episode. This is probably going to be a shorter one. Um, we're going to do our new segment, rock elites post of the week. We're going to end with 86 of the week and the middle chunk of this episode. Um, I'm not making any promises here. Um, it's not, it may not be the best content you've ever heard from this podcast. Um, I don't even remember if I addressed this in last episode. Actually, I don't think I did because uh, I didn't record openers, I don't believe, in that episode. So the last episode with Trent McCurry, uh, the alias he was going by, um, we went a solid two and a half hours, the longest episode uh, that we've ever done with this podcast. And if you've listened... You know about how that went. We incorporated a beer drinking contest into the episode. Part of the reason that it went so long. Um, But uh, Trent and I ended up feeling pretty good towards the end of that episode. Um, And it was funny because we wrap up the episode. He goes to the bathroom. I pack up all my stuff, my microphone, my laptop, and just getting things situated at this point, it's probably midnight, and we've been recording for hours. Um, 
he comes out of the bathroom and it's almost like he's a completely different person. And by that, I mean, um, he was pretty coherent throughout most of the episode. <laughs> but uh, you could tell after, I think it was he was on his game and just chatting and talking. But the second he kind of stopped, went into the bathroom and took his mind off things, or you could tell all those beers hit him. Uh, but he uh, came out and he's like, what? We're done? He's like, I want to keep recording. I was like, well, I already put all the stuff up. And he's like, no, we got to do a bonus episode. So, what you'll be hearing in a few minutes is the bonus episode with Trent McCurry and myself. Um, remember, this was his idea. You'll soon hear in the episode, um, he just stops talking. Um, it gets to the point where I'm leading him into questions and trying to set him up. But it's not happening. So, and that's the that's the price you pay when. Uh, now, see, I drank twelve beers. Um, he had been drinking all day, so I think he had finished off an entire case. So, um, there's there's a reason for all that. But it is quite funny, um, and quite frankly, I'm a week late, hadn't had time to schedule interviews, and figured, what the heck? Let's throw this bonus episode in there. So, if you hate it. Send all your hate mail to uh, trentmccurry at gmail.com. That's not really his email address. I, I hope that's not a real person's. If you, if you do send an email, um, sorry to the real Trent McCurry. Uh, but before we do that, I need to rehydrate real quick. <sighs> rehydrate. Oh, and another big part of the thing. This is going to be a little bit of a humble brag, but it'll also give me the opportunity to shout out uh, former uh, guest Eli Edwards. I think we discovered like mid-podcast the last time he was on that we were both nominated or uh, winners of Teacher of the Year at our respective schools. And today was the uh, award ceremony for that. So I got to spend the morning with Eli and his instructor and my instructor and um, pretty cool event. And, uh, so yeah, shout out to Eli and myself. Um, but the rock elites post of the week. Now the previous ones I've done have been controversial or people complaining about bad things. I figured we'd mix it up this time and we'd go with something a little bit more uplifting. Um, so this one came two days ago, which would be August 9th. And it was uh, brought to you by, um, speaking of, I'm recording this episode, Darren Kirkley's calling me. Let me mess with Darren and put him on the spot and make him join this episode. What's going on? What are you doing, Hey, I need you to speak up. I'm recording a podcast episode and you're an unexpected guest. I'm glad I could join you. Thanks for having me. Can I give you a call back in like 30 minutes? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I feel bad now. (laughs) You got anything to say to the people? No, I'm good. I just, I do have a question for you though, that's podcast related. Okay. If I'm putting you on the spot and you need to edit this, then oh well. Okay. It'll make for good content maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened with the um, sponsorship with Taco Bell? That is a great question and one that I forgot about for a couple weeks. And then, yeah, I do need to pick that back up. I'm just saying, if they can bring back, you know, the taco pizza or whatever it's called, yeah, they can support you. They've got money in their marketing budget. I agree. 
we need to get back on that. We'll, we'll with this episode, this will we'll pick that back up. Okay, good. All right, just hit me back up, buddy. All right, all right, bye. All right, an unexpected guest, Darren Kirkley. Thanks for joining the show, Darren Kirkley. Didn't know you were going to be joining. Uh, but Rock Hill Eats post of the week um, is brought to us by um, Carrie Stubby, uh, and she had this to say. I feel. I hope this is not too loud. I feel like my wavelengths are really high. Um, yesterday I went to Bob Evans. I ordered the chicken noodle soup and a diet coke and water. The waitress said that this was their last soup as she brought it out and just wanted to confirm that it was enough. Um, and it looked like a regular bowl to me. I finished and asked for the check. She said, your meal was on me. It's your blessing for today. I would guess that she was maybe 18 or 19. I told her, no, I want to at least tip you something. And all I have is a credit card. And she said, don't worry about it. It's your blessing. So I found the nearest ATM and took her a $40 tip. I was having a bad couple of days and she made me smile. She also shared with me that she was having some bad days too and wanted to do something. Kindness goes a long way. We just don't see enough kindness these days in our climate. This young lady's parents need to be real proud of her. She told me she is off to college. I will wish her well. She will go far. And she's since gone back in and put an update, uh, I guess, based on the comments and people asking. But she said, by the way, for those who have asked, her name is Jocelyn. If you want to do anything kind for this young lady, she deserves it. She's our upcoming future. If we had more like that, it would be a blessing. So a little uh, positivity in a world and a day and age, it seems like there's so much negativity. Uh, so shout out to Jocelyn, uh, for, uh, hooking somebody up and, and blessing them. So that's this week's Rocky Elite post of the week. All right. As promised, you're getting the bonus episode with Trent McCurry. Like I said, it may not be the best content you've ever heard from this podcast, but it was fun to do. So, without further ado, once again, here is Trent McCurry. Alright, if the last episode was not the longest episode, um, that made no sense. If we were not already working on the longest episode possible, uh, my friend Trent wanted to do a post episode just because he wanted to sit here and just keep drinking and talking. So, we had a bonus episode. We don't really know what we're talking about, whether it's about millennials or would you say the conservation community? Conservation community. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah, but we're just going to keep talking. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. We're two and a half hours deep, 11 and 12. Congratulations to uh, Trent for winning the uh, case challenge. He drank 12 to my 11. And he wanted to keep going for more. So I don't know what we're talking about now and what our, or how it will air, whether it will be in addition to this episode or we'll just make another episode out of it. But Trent seemed to have stuff on his chest. All right. <laughs> that he wanted to talk. After which, as soon as we wrapped up the episode, I went up to go to the bathroom and... 
Apparently, he leaned back a little too far in his recliner. <laughs> the, recliner is, the recliner is now in two pieces. So, there's that. What you got on your heart? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Saying now that you put it like that, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> we are to the point where Trent has run out of beer. He's now in, working into my beer. We might get to the point where we need to get to that Buffalo Trace. Yes, we might. <laughs> we may get there. Which, I love Buffalo Trace. Why is it so hard to get in South Carolina? I don't know. Where did you get that Buffalo Trace? Uh, got it at Walmart in Clemson. Walmart? Yeah, well, the little liquor store right there oh, okay. by Walmart. Yeah. Okay, so you were able to find a liquor store here in town. In town. Okay. Yeah. Every time I try to find... Buffalo Trace at a local liquor store. They never have it. Mm. Even in Greenville? Yeah. Which I'm surprised by. Interesting. And honestly, I'm a big bourbon guy. I love Weller bourbon. The only time I've ever been able to find Weller bourbon was like four years ago at um, Total Wine in Greenville. And they had a full liter bottle. And I was like, hey, do y'all happen to have this in like a, a 750 milliliter? And he was like, no. And I don't know when we're getting any of this again. And I was like, I text him. And I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm about to do like a $120 charge on our account. Yep. <laughs> but I don't know when this is going to happen again. So we're getting Weller bourbon. So, but yeah, I, what was weird to me about Buffalo Trace is they grew in popularity because it's made by the same distillery that also makes uh, Pappy Van Winkle. Mm-hmm. And when people couldn't find Pappy Van Winkle, all the message boards was like, well, get Buffalo Trace. It's the same distillery, same, somewhat similar recipe, that kind of stuff. And so then Buffalo Trace sold out. But when I went to visit family in England and different places, we had layovers in Boston and then also spent two weeks in England and France. Everywhere we went in Boston... England and France had Buffalo Trace, but I can never find it here in South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) But you happen to find it here in Clemson at the liquor store by the Walmart? Yeah. Okay. Huh. Now, it was was pricey, but I found it. How much was it more than like 35 bucks? It was 85 bucks. Buffalo Trace was 85 85 bucks? 85 bucks. Yeah. Was it just standard Buffalo Trace? Standard Buffalo Trace. Oh, <laughs> maybe that's how Buffalo Trace is making sure they stay in stock. They're $85. $85. Oh, my gosh. I will bring it down for you if you want. Oh, my God. That made my heart hurt. You remember I'm that, sorry. You, you remember that one time one of our friends, his fiance at the time, bought a bathing suit that cost $350? Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> I remember that time. I remember that time. There's two times that my heart has hurt at stories people have told me. Him telling me his his future wife spent $350 on a bathing suit, and you telling me that you paid $85 for Buffalo Trace? Yeah, and it's upstairs for you. Whew. Wow. I'm pretty sure I've bought that for $35 before. That must be like a big like part of supply and demand, I guess. I guess so. When did you buy it? When? Yeah, or how long? How you remember how long ago you bought it? 
It's probably two months ago. Okay. That's the thing. Yeah. Every and I'm to the point now where I'm over the bourbon hunting stage of my drinking career where I'm just like, oh, I just want some beer and I just want to no. catch a little buzz. Um I've stopped like asking for Buffalo Trace and that kind of stuff, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the last time I bought a bottle or asked for a bottle was like 35, 40 bucks. That's crazy. And maybe you can account for the demand of it and just like the overall just like price hike of everything else at this point. Cause what's diesel, what's diesel at this point? I know, oh, I know you know what diesel prices are. We're right at $5 a gallon. Yeah. If not four eighty something. What? Is there any relation to diesel prices and regular gas prices? Like when one comes down, one goes up. One comes down, both oh, come ab- down. Absolutely. Or? I mean, no. When one goes up, they both got to go up. Because yeah. everything you demand as far as fruit, meat, whatever, is diesel. Yeah. So it, it takes diesel to get it there. So, so when I was on my way here to Clemson today... Highway 88, which I know you have a funny story about a trailer and you on Highway 88. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) They've since put in a roundabout where there used to be a guy that just sold boiled peanuts. But now there's a gas station there. You know what gas was there today? Mm -mm. $2.69. Or excuse me, excuse me, not two. $3.69. But that's the cheapest gas I've seen in a long time. It's cheapest gas, yeah. Because in Greenville, like yesterday, I filled up in Greenville for three eighty nine, and everywhere I've seen around Clemson is pretty close to that. But this random place at the roundabout, three sixty nine. Yeah, so I might be stopping there on my way home tomorrow. Absolutely, it's kind of weird because you're like, ah. I want to get a good price on gas. I'm like, oh, should I drive around a little bit and burn some gas? But then you think about it, like, oh, this gas is already paid for. So I might as well just uh, conserve it as long as I can. But I want to get as much gas at 369 as I can. Yeah. So. We know that transcontinental pipeline, right? I don't keep up with politics as enough as I used to. I know it's been, has it been shut down? Yeah. Yeah. No, it ain't no, shut down. No, okay. So enlighten me. All right, there, there, there's a pipeline that runs from Houston all the way up to New York, mm-hmm. and it runs right through our area, through Belton, South mm-hmm. Carolina. Okay. So the closer you get to Belton, South Carolina, the cheaper the gas is. So because they don't have the transportation costs. Because they don't have the transportation right okay. costs. So you get towards Belton. There's a lot of uh, tanks sitting around, yeah. and they pump gas into there, and yeah. Huh. So, that's why gas is cheaper around here. Okay. So, we huh. actually happen to be right along the Transcontinental Pipeline. Huh. So, I, if, I, if I want cheaper gas, I need to come to Clemson. Or Belton. Yeah. Clemson, Belton. You need to get off the interstate. Interstate tends to charge more for their gas. Yeah. So, you got issues there. <laughs> you got to figure out which one's which. Yeah. So, I figured you were, so we, I wrapped up everything. 
I packed up everything. You're like, why aren't we recording anymore? So we're doing an after show episode here. <laughs> this is a really after show episode. <laughs> Hashtag no filter. So just. <laughs> yeah. If you hang on long enough, you might find out what Trent's real name is. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. He's shaking his head. <laughs> Trent's like, no. Honestly, I haven't gone back and recorded the episode yet. Or edited the episode yet. I don't think that we broke character. And I think that we made it a two and a half hour podcast without actually saying real name. So I'm very proud of the two of us for that. So there's that. Um but this is kind of brought on by you. Is there anything you wanted to get off your chest? Or are you just having fun drinking beer, just talking? I'm just having fun. Drinking <laughs> beer. So, you live in a college town. Yep. And uh, at the date of this recording, it's the middle of uh, July. Yep. College football season is about to start. Yep. Pros and cons of living in a college town, a major college town with Clemson, uh, during college football season. I love it because all your friends want to come into town and stay with you, have fun with you, do whatever. Bad part is, come about Thursday on a game day, You might as well get everything you got to get at a grocery store and hunker down. Yeah. So it's pretty much like grocery stores, they start selling out of stuff and everything. They do. Yeah. So just get what you need to get and just hunker down and just be done with it. I remember stories you've told me before of game day nights of like people driving home a little too intoxicated. Oh yeah, you live, at, oh. you live at a point where I live in one point where I can see the road getting out of Death Valley. We can, we literally see crashes every night. <laughs> yeah, that I remember you've told me like of points where like you're just sitting out on your porch, just like grilling something or just hanging out watching and just watching like car crashes, and you can just hear just <laughs> and all kinds of stuff happening. <laughs> And I'm, at one point, you had a, I think you were coming home from work one day, and you were driving up the road, and there's like a fence kind of like lining your property or whatever, and you just like were turning left to your property, and there's like police had like some random dude like oh yeah pushed up against your fence or something like that. And I had to ask, uh, luckily I'm in a small town, we're connected enough to where we know the police officers, so I text a police officer's buddy of mine, I was like, uh, dude, what's going on in my property? Uh, a dude had passed out on my property and they were jacking him up, kind of trying to protect him, trying to get him up on the, on the fence. And so that, yeah, that was the other issue. <laughs> so you just say you're coming home from work and you just say like, I see two police officers jacking a guy up on my fence and, so, yeah, living in a college town is fun. Yeah, apparently so. Which I'd imagine this time of year in July, it's probably the best time of year as, as a local. 
similar to like the off season of someone who lives at the beach, like you you probably got the best the best traffic you're gonna have. Yeah. And and that sort of thing. So you how long have you lived in, in Clemson? And you so you went you graduated from Clemson. Graduated from Clemson. In yep. what year? Graduated in 99, moved here in 97 from Presbyterian College, which I went to in 93. So, so earlier in the episode, we talked about Burt Kreischer. Yeah. And his most famous bit. Most, his most famous bit. He the, spent most the of machine, his... He spent most of his time in college through the grunge years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which it appears, and I love him. <laughs> which appears, you spent most of your time in college in the grunge years. Yes, I did. <laughs> what? So you played football at Presbyterian College. How did you end up at Clemson? Had a twin brother. He was an amazing construction science expert in the construction science uh, major. If if we can say that, yeah, is that right? Yeah. But field. Uh, construction finance field. Well, I blew out my knee, got hurt my senior year at Presbyterian College, and my brother looked at me and said, Why don't you come to Clemson and get in construction science? And I was a biology major, people. <laughs> I mean, I was the furthest person from okay. construction science. <laughs> biology means life. Yeah. I remember that from Biology 101. Pretty much. (laughs) And I'm going into a physics major construction, so I don't know. Dumb me goes to Clemson and ends up uh, as a construction science major. So the story I always remember you telling is, I don't know how many years at this point you had been at Clemson. But you go to your, like, academic support or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> academic coach or whatever. And you're like, hey, I've been here so long. Throw out your resume. Like, this is what I have. No. How can I get graduated quickly? Is, is is that part of the reason you ended up on the... <laughs> that is. <laughs> and he, he nailed it, guys. He nailed it. I was at Clemson, like, two years. After taking- being at PC for four. Yeah. I was at PC for three and a half. Okay. Three and a half. <laughs> give me credit. <laughs> I was at th- PC for three and a half. I was at Clemson for like one. And then I went into this day, a- a- academic advisor and I was like, just get me graduated. It's like, I don't give a shit. Just, I don't <laughs> care what major I'm in. Just give me graduated. <laughs> ended up, he ended up, uh, I was in industrial education, and that was it. And how much, after you had that meeting, how much more do you have to do, like a semester or so? Like two semesters. Yeah. And to kind of revert back, so your dad went here, played under Coach Frank Howard. Absolutely. Yep. How, did did he have an impact on y'all ended up here? Like your brother was already here. Oh, absolutely. Is that kind of how your brother ended up here? Yeah. So... My dad came here and played under Coach Frank Howard. And through that, he got to know a guy named uh, 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Woo, bless you. <laughs> yeah, I can cut all this. Or will I? Does this make good good podcasting or not? No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you could just say a guy. My my dad knew this guy. <laughs> no, this guy's really important. He's a good guy. <laughs> I'd say texture guy, but I bet he's not awake. All right. <laughs> but uh, all right. You ready? Yep. So my dad knew this guy. My dad knew this uh, guy named Clint Isbell. And Clint Isbell. (laughs) I don't think Clint Isbell is his real name. Yeah, it is. Oh. So your dad knew Clint Isbell. That's how your dad ended up here? No. No. That's how your brother ended up? I'm trying to run. (laughs) We're to the point where the story is getting quite murky. Story's getting murky. (laughs) Anyways, your dad played for Coach Frank Howard. Yep. The long run was you and your brother both ended up here. Yeah. And all three brothers. Even your brother that played at uh, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. He got his master's here. Really? Yeah. Okay. So he played, so your brother played four years. He met his wife here. He played four years at Virginia and then transferred here for masters. Masters. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I mean, everybody met their wives at Clemson. Huh. Now, I find that interesting because you met your wife here. We're yep. not going to say her name because we're working on her aliases. But she was a baseball fan. Yeah. I fucking hate baseball players. <laughs> why, no why offense, did, baseball players. Why did your, I fucking hate baseball players. Why did your wife like baseball so much? I don't know. I've always heard it was the tight pants. I think so. But, I mean, <laughs> football kidding. players have tight pants. No, I just, I just remember hearing your wife talk about the tight pants. That well, it's they... probably so, but. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, let's go. So, um, if you're listening now, we're, we just happened to end up on college baseball. Um, I did release a podcast under the Nachos Analysis platform, which Nachos Analysis presents all of these podcasts. Um, I did have the newest head coach, Eric Backich, on uh, that podcast this week. So if you're interested in this bonus episode uh, of listening to head coach Eric Backage at Clemson University, check that out. Um, but um, Trent, I keep forgetting his name. Trent and I recorded the longest episode in history of the Clearing the Board podcast, and he wasn't satisfied with the, the two and a half hours we did, so he wanted to keep going. So we're just going to keep drinking beer and talking into the void, and hopefully some of y'all are still listening. Um, but I don't think I have a question. What? Is there anything you want to talk about? So no, I got a question. Just on something. <laughs> no, we well, we were talking about like some guy you knew, yeah, who was the reason y'all ended up here, and you said his name, but then you couldn't remember anything. Can I completely change the subject? Yeah. All right. So you're an avid hunter. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about uh, shooting elk, bear, 
you you go turkey hunting every year you do whitetail uh duck hunting you do dove hunting all kinds of stuff yep what when you go to these different hunts this is me speaking as someone who's never gone hunting before what are the different calibers of rifles or shotguns you use for each of them so like obviously when you're killing a bear you need something different than than an elk so when you what did you use when you were bear hunting versus uh elk hunting and that sort of stuff okay uh I can, I don't know. Are you asking how far I can shoot something? No, no, no. no. Like, saying, like if you're if you're so when you went bear hunting, yeah. Obviously, you're using a rifle. You're not using a shotgun. Absolutely. What 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 are you using shooting? A are you bear? asking what's my favorite or what's my? Well, I'm I'm someone, it's someone who's going hunting for the first time. Okay. What what are you looking at differently, like? In a bear hunt versus an elk hunt, or a deer hunt versus a turkey hunt, and that's what that's what matters. I mean, the bear I shot last year in Montana, I shot at five hundred twenty-eight yards. All right, I shot him with a long distance, long distance, yeah, twenty-eight. And when you're shooting at that long of a distance, you got to cal- you got to calculate wind and everything. I've got to calculate like, everything. You're basically an American sniper. Yes. So, that's a little bit different scenario than me handing you a 12-gauge yeah. and saying, hey, shoot this dove. Yeah, yeah. So, that's why I was a little bit hesitant on the on the reaction on that. I was just like, we've got, we've got a little bit different yeah. scenarios here. There's, oh, there's yeah. lots of different weapons. It was like, what can you shoot when? Yeah. So, so um, obviously, like fowl and and birds, you're you're going with a shotgun. Absolutely, bigger yeah. game, elk, bear, yeah, that kind of stuff. You're going. When I let that dog in the door, blue, <laughs> and he and I are hunting together. Yeah, we're hunting with either a twelve or a twenty. Yeah, was a twelve gauge or twenty gauge. Yeah, but if, if I'm bear hunting or whatever. And I can shoot something for 500 yards off. I'm, I'm shooting for 500 yards are, off. When you go into an elk hunt, are you anticipating shooting 500 yards out? Or are you anticipating getting a closer shot on an elk as opposed to a bear? Uh, normally, we're in that 500-yard range. Okay. And that's why <laughs> when I shot that bear, it was a 528 yards. Yeah. And what would you shoot the bear with? Uh, 28 Nosler. Okay. And would you use that on an elk, or is that like something no, completely that's different? No, that's the exact same charge I use on the elk. Okay. Even though I was 70 yards yeah. away from the, from the elk, I would never intentionally be that close to an elk. Yeah, you just, but it just happened to be. Happenstance just happened to. Yeah, yeah, it just happened to be. And it, with everything, like I know you mentioned in like the very beginning of the podcast talking about, um, the elk was kind of like showing the rump and that kind of stuff. And you didn't really have a good shot on the head and you had, had to shoot in the chest. Do does, is that the same with pretty much every animal? Are you always going for a headshot or is it different? Of every, every animal. Oh, no. Normally you're looking for a vital shot, which yeah. is 
something behind the shoulder. Yeah. You want a side shot, but a lot of times they don't present it to you. Yeah. And so you're, you're looking for another shot. At some point, it's a waiting game for a part of it. To hopefully it is. They're going to turn in some way. It is. And a headshot is quick, but sometimes it's ineffective. Yeah. So, what a, so growing up very ignorant watching the show Swamp People, mm-hmm. when it comes to alligators, we talked about when you killed that 12-foot alligator. What is it like compared to shooting alligator? Because... Based on that show, you have a dime-sized piece in the middle of the forehead that you could shoot. Is that realistic, or is there other places that you can kind of shoot it to where... Are they exaggerating it for TV? Not really. No. I mean, on that one, you, you not a dime size. You've got a little bit bigger size. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. you got to hit him in the head. you got to hit him quick. Right in between the eyes, pretty much right yeah, in the forehead area. Pretty much. Um, so, one of my favorite days at culinary school was when you brought in a rattlesnake. Was that the same? Was that the same trip you got the the alligator, or was that a different trip? Because I know you were at Edisto, and remember. you have <laughs> you happened to be walking and like come upon a rattlesnake. I think you shot it with a pistol or something. Yeah, I did. And, <laughs> shot him a pistol, but I don't remember what trip it was on. Yeah, but yep. <laughs> What uh, that was fun though. I mean, yeah. y'all cooked it and it was good. So I'll I have to try to put this up on the Instagram page, but he Trent brought in the rattlesnake that he shot, and total transparency, I never cooked a snake before. Next time, if, if given the opportunity, I'm going to stew it and get the meat off the bone because the yeah, snake is absolutely. very bony. Yeah, it's very bony. Uh, but we just like sliced it down the spine and just like fried well, it. We like didn't chicken. know any better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the breading was amazing because, I mean, I seasoned the breading, but, um, yeah. So, is that, I mean, is that the first snake you've killed as, like, by half a sense, kind of walking through? Or is that oh, kind no, of a common, no, no. is that a pretty common, common thing? Okay. Yeah. And you only see rattlesnakes in a particular part of the state, correct? Normally, lower state yeah. has the most, most Rattlesnakes. Now you do see them up in the upper state, especially in the mountains. You'll you'll see timber rattlers. So yeah, you got to be careful up there. Yeah, but normally it's the lower state. And you're someone who I always like to talk to about like just different, not different breeds, but different species of the of certain animals. Like I know when you were working where I was, like y'all, one of the projects y'all would do was building boxes for certain. Was it box, not box doves, but box ducks or something like that? Duck boxes. What was it? Duck boxes. Duck boxes. Yeah. What type? Uh, what? What? Is that a specific uh, breed of ducks? Yeah, absolutely, like? absolutely. <laughs> okay, we have two cavity nesting ducks that live around us, which are the hooded merganser, and we have the wood duck, and both of them nest in cavities. And so, would that be a tree or whatever? Yes, it would. And so, what what's gotten on lately is we're we're harvesting all the old wood that used to be wood duck habitat, and so all the oak trees and everything else are going down. 
but and we're replacing them with pines. So now we're trying to place natural habitat with some wood duck boxes. And so that's what my guys they build. Yeah, is they build those wood duck boxes and we put them out. So and that was like a service project y'all did, right? Y'all were building yeah. wood duck boxes and and putting them out in different places. So like where yep. these habitats are being destroyed, whether yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you take two hundred acres of pine, rip them down. And there's nothing left, and now we're putting wood duck boxes back in those places. So the wood ducks have some place to nest. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, we have two different ducks that, that nest in that, and it's called the uh, hooded merganser and the wood duck. Yeah. So, is there a difference in like when you're when hunting different deer or different duck? as a fo- as opposed to how the the approach to hunting them? Or is it pretty much the same with all with all duck? Because I know, like, you've gone out to, like, Texas and different places and done a lot yeah. of duck hunting. Do you have a different approach when it comes to different breeds of duck? I'll show you. I'm trying to think. He's looking around the bucking board because he's got I am uh, visuals. Because literally I've got visuals everywhere. Unfortunately, one of his pits just uh, destroyed a lot of his. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> now that duck got rid of the ring nut. Yeah. If I want to shoot him, uh huh, I'm gonna have to go to Texas. Okay. So what? So if the... I want to shoot the wood duck, all I gotta do is go to my hunt club. Yeah. So the two that are native here are the. The wood duck and what else? Uh, the hooded meganser. Okay. And I'll show you the hooded meganser. He is getting up and grabbing a fish. <laughs> so he is going and grabbing an example for me to show of the type of duck that he uses for that he builds wood uh, duck boxes for. All right. And these are the which ones? These are the hooded McGanders. Is are they referred to as the hood because of this here? The hood. Okay. Yes. The hood. The, the McGanzer is a breed, but they're called the hooded McGanzer because of that. Okay, so that that would be described as like what, like almost like a collar above yeah. the top of their head, to where they're kind of fanned out above, like more pointy. Yeah. Okay. But they call them hairy heads too. And what's the so you have two here you're showing me. You got one that's got a white belly. Both have white bellies, but one's kinda got a little bit more color on the top, whereas you when you got like gray. Are yeah. these is that a difference in male and female? Yeah, or it's male and female. Okay. So which one's the male? The the, the big one. The big one. Alright, so the bigger male one. Male and female. Okay. She's gotta protect the eggs. So So one thing that's always fascinated me about about being a hunter is getting things mounted and that kind of stuff. All right. Finding a taxidermist, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Which is a big part of yeah, yeah. like people people who hunt like especially when you get something cool like a lot of the things you've talked about, whether it be the bear or the elk that you've killed and that kind of stuff. 
or I guess harvested. Um, what is it something like, hey, I've never killed a bear before. I want to get this mounted. Or is there something you look for whenever you're doing that kind of stuff? Because if you've ever been to the Buck and Boar, which we determined is already very exclusive. Very exclusive. Um, you've got a lot of cool stuff to look at in the Buck and Boar. Whether it be bucks, boars, turkeys, ducks, whatever mounted. What are you looking for as a hunter who wants to get something mounted or taxidermy? I mean, it's up to you. I, I take a lot of I take a lot of young people hunting. Young people, I mean, high school age kids, and I take a lot of them hunting. And if the kid's first deer is a four pointer, yeah, and he's so excited about that deer that he wants to get it mounted, I will help him get it mounted. Yeah. I mean that's that that's my job. However, I mean I, I took one student um, hunting this year. Literally, like I said, it was a four pointer. Thought it was a spike because I couldn't see the other two points, and I told him I was like, I wouldn't shoot that deer. Yeah, if you want to shoot that deer, you shoot it. But he shot it. We used every bit of that meat. Mm-hmm. The the head's still sitting in my freezer. <laughs> so, at the same time, I don't know. What, what does a hunter have to do to prepare the animal for a taxidermist? Is there anything like you just bring a, just a, head, a severed head in there? Oh, or like, oh yeah. I what mean, do you do it, if you're as- a good hunter... You skin that animal all the way up to the to the to the brain. Uh-huh. I mean, basically up to the head. Cut everything out, but but that, and you hand the taxidermist a cape is what we call it. A cape is everything from behind the shoulder blades all the way up mm-hmm. with no meat on it to the back of the head. Yeah. And does that like how well you do that? Does that determine the price of what they charge you? It if you're doesn't an determine the price, but it determines the quality of what you're going to get back. Okay, so if you leave a bunch of meat on there as you're breaking down that sort of stuff, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna affect everything. Absolutely, yeah. And the taxidermist is probably going to be happier with you if the better you do. Yeah. How many different taxidermied animals do you think you have here in the buck and boar? In the buck and boar? 20? 20, at least. Okay. Are we going to see a bear rug here at some point? Yeah, absolutely. What, what, what would a bear rug cost to get taxidermy? It's like 400 <laughs> That's why I ain't got one. Yeah. <laughs> got to keep it frozen until you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I send the freezer. Yeah. If you've never been to the bucking board, the freezer is the best part of the bucking board <laughs> because you never know what you're seeing when you open the freezer up because you got ducks and carcasses and all kinds of stuff. Raccoons so. and <laughs> <laughs> another lady freaked out because she opened up the freezer and there's a raccoon staring at her. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 
it's gonna have a home at some point. It's what you get. Well, we have gone 37 minutes in our uh, post episode. The post episode. You got anything else you want to add? Mm. No. Well, we'll call this a wrap. Maybe I'll cheat and make this a full uh, another episode and uh, take another week off. So we'll see. But Trent, it's a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. And uh, we'll call it wraps. Peace. All right. So I told you it would be interesting. So that was the bonus episode with Trent McCurry. Um, And I can't let you go without wrapping up today's episode with an 86 of the week. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet, but I do find this one funny. Uh, I saw one person describe this as... um, dominoes flying too close to the sun meaning uh back in 2015 dominoes the pizza chain decided that they wanted to open up locations in italy uh the known creator of the pizza um and that went just about as you would suspect um like i said 2015 they were presently in 2022 Seven years later, um, they opened a grand total of, I believe it was 39 stores. It's either 39 or 29. Uh, But whether it was 39 or 29, after seven years, they were hemorrhaging money. They owed uh, millions of euros, uh, were just not doing well. People were, the people, good people of Italy were not, um, We're not digging the Domino's. So, uh, this week we are 86ing Domino's Pizza in Italy. Um, I don't really know, like, is that a, that's a dumb idea, right? Deciding to open up a very Americanized pizza chain in Italy. Now, granted, I know that there are a lot of American... Fast food restaurants and chain restaurants that seem to do decent around the world. Uh, but don't mess with Italians and their food. I think uh, whoever came up with this idea, um, I don't know. I don't know if they're working with Domino's anymore. But um, the entire country of Italy decided this year, 2022, after seven years, they've had enough. They're 86 in Domino's. So, um, that's all I got for you today, folks. This was probably the quickest episode I've ever done. Thanks to the bonus episode Trent wanted to record and a few minutes of me recording our intro and outro. Um, but nonetheless, um, again, I do apologize for being late on this episode. Um, but we got a lot of great content coming up in the future. Um, a lot of stuff's happening in and around Greenville. Hopefully we're going to get some, some cool chefs and different industry people on here to, to chat. So appreciate y'all, appreciate y'all, uh, listening in and have a good one. Peace. Peace.